Well, this is going to be a nice day to get pho. To get, get pho? Get some pho. pho. Oh, you know, the pho. Vietnamese soup. Oh. Hi, Kelly Sue. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> you know where my mind's at. <laughs> Someone's never going to look at me quite the same way. <laughs> oh, oh, it's raining outside. Justin's up to something. <laughs> some people can tell it's raining because their bones ache. Justin yeah. can tell it's raining for similar yet. Good not Lord. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Babe, my bone aches. I'm that's... impressed. I didn't know Claire had it in her. So <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> nicely done. Hi, everyone. This is Ashley Romans. I play Agent 355, and you're listening to That Episode Was. Hi, we're Popsicle, and in this episode, we'll be offering opinions and reactions to Why the Last Man, Episode 9, Peppers. And wow, it's a hot one. Get it? (laughs) (laughs) I know who I'm going. Moving right along. Well played. Why the last man? I'm pausing for audience applause. (laughs) Absolutely. Well done. Awesome. Okay. Why the Last Man follows a diverse group of survivors after an apocalyptic event leaves York Brown as the world's only remaining human with a Y chromosome. Developed for television by Eliza Clark and streaming on FX on Hulu, the show is based on the Vertigo comic series of the same name by writer Brian K. Vaughn and artist Kia Guerra. The episode was written by Donetta Lavinia Grays and directed by Cheryl Dunye. Uh, correct us if we're wrong, Cheryl. Before we continue, final warnings. If there was ever an episode to spoil, it is undoubtedly this one. If you haven't watched, stop listening now unless you thrive on chaos. <laughs> Go watch the show and come back when you're ready. Um, it's me, Kelly Sue, if you can't already tell by my very sharp sense of humor. <laughs> I am joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host, Justin Penniston, uh, writer of Hunter Black Comics, Sonic Prime on Netflix. He is our resident comic mansplainer, and he does have moves like Jagger. Hi, Justin. Hi. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I was so offended by that song. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I gave you such a good one last time. You did? Oh, you always give me good ones. That was a good one. I just don't know how I feel oh. about it. Okay. Well, we all deserve to feel a little uncomfortable every now and then. Mm. Um, <laughs> next, Claire Thorne. The one who will help us survive the apocalypse and calmly cross-stitch the entire time. You can check out her geeky guide to cross-stitch journeys into space. She also has a phenomenal Etsy store. And just like a prayer, she'll take you there. Hey, Claire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I used to pray a lot. I used to pray a lot. (laughs) I did. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Of course, we also have my lovely associate, Lisa K. Weber, artist of Hex 11, co-founder of Hex Comics. She is a black magic woman. 
Hey. Hey. And finally, our fearless producer, the enemy of Justin. <laughs> he is actor, writer, creator, and every little thing he does, he's on our mind. It's Philip Kelly. Hi, Kelly. <laughs> hey, guys. Now that we've gotten that out Hi. of the way. <laughs> Let's dive right in. Um, okay, so we're gonna start with the Y team, Yorick, 355, and man. Uh, they are kind of nicely integrating into the inmates' Pinterest compound. Um, you know, they're, we get some glimpses of Yorick and 355 enjoying themselves. I mean, the dancing was just delightful. Yeah, really, um, really cute. <laughs> it was so fantastic. Um, we also got a lot of sexual tension uh, mm -hmm. between Y and, forgive me, this character's name is, I want to call her Annie, and I know that's not right. I feel like it's Sophie or Sophia. Sophia, maybe. I, I don't even know if I'm Listen, right. I'm just, I'm just going to take a minute right now. I tried finding it forgive too. Forgive me. Forgive me. I'm There's competing Googling happening right now. We'll mm -hmm. see who gets there first. If we can find her. I don't know. Keep discussing Sonia. though, because it was. Who are you? Yeah. Sonia. Her name um, is Sonia. 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 Thank you. I was way off. Uh, and then the, you know, sort of continued uh, vibes between 355 and Allison. I loved this um, because our sexuality and arousal is typically hindered when we're in fight or flight slash trauma responses, which is where this group has been for a majority of this season. Um, and to me, it was kind of like, does this mean our mains are kind of beginning to feel a little more solid or accustomed to the apocalypse or safer because of twinkle lights and barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> I loved seeing this this new kind of aspect of our humanity being, you know, sort of brought up um, in this story arc. So, what do you think? Yeah, Talk again, it was it was nice to have like this place to be yeah. and live in yeah. versus the other two story arcs that were <laughs> happening, yeah. um, <laughs> where things were not as solid or um, no. safe seeming or twinkling barbecuing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we did not get to listen to 50 Cent mm -hmm. or TLC in the other or two TLC. realities. So or I was cake. having a nice time dancing in this <laughs> yeah. reality. And they had cake. Um, I mean, cake. if there's cake, everything's fine, right? Mm -hmm. totally. Absolutely. Right. Well, and, and so I know it's like there's everyone... sense. Oh, sorry. Go on. Oh, I was just, I was going to make a joke. You continue because it's probably important. <laughs> no pressure though. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like these things, even though it's like, it could, I mean, like clearly like the twinkle lights, barbecue cake party mm. is like, you know, it's a veneer over like the constant threat that these people are still in, but it's like any port in a storm really, because yeah. it's the apocalypse. And it's like, if you can find some small place to rest, even if it's not long-term, even if it's mm. just for a week, it's like, yeah. you know what, I'm going to take this. And I would imagine in an actual apocalypse, these little kind of like 
pockets would exist of people mm-hmm. who are just like, you know what, we're going to make ourselves comfortable. That's something that I personally relate to. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, as this comfort is being established, then it's like, oh, oh, we can stop freaking out and maybe start like, you know, greasing the wheels a little bit and yeah. having a nice time with other people a little bit. Um, totally. And so, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. And yeah, there was, there was sex everywhere in this, mm-hmm. yeah, in this space. And I appreciated that. Same. <laughs> Without any actual sex too. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is such a lovely thing to have because, you know, just waiting and, and, you know, I, I've got a whole abstinence theory of, of sexual tension. Yeah. (laughs) But it's it's so delightful. You totally, you almost cleared me. You're on your way to clearing me. Yeah. But I was just like, this is what sexuality feels like to women. It isn't the physical act. It's the tension and the back and forth and the the subtext, right? Like so much of that is the way that women actualize sexuality. And so I loved that they didn't actually show any sex, Mm -hmm. even though it definitely sounded like man was on her way to get some. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She is so great. I absolutely want to see some sex though, too. I mean, that that's also- Sure. That's also needed. So totally. I think now's a great time to transition over to uh Justin and Philip. Yeah, they're just sitting there thinking. I was just gonna say, I think it's really it's so telling. Like the, the fact that you brought up Kelly Sue mm. that sexuality is hindered mm. by you know trauma by fight or flight. Yeah. And there is I mean, tension like between not what we've learned in the Fast and Furious movies, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, um, uh, there is tension between 355 and Allison, and there's mm. also it's also made abundantly clear 355 is not ready to go there because she is currently reliving traumas, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so, you I, like that is like your whole statement is written so large over you know this yeah. episode slash this stay over in Marisville, you know? Yes. Uh, I, I, uh, I found it interesting. I feel like this episode is like having a conversation with conversations we've had previously. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And there was one element or one point in which um, I think one of us, Justin, maybe made the point that uh, maybe there'd be less uh, uh, crime, you know, like women like committing crimes and murders if uh, men yeah. were such assholes. Violent uh, crimes, but yeah. yeah, violent crimes, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was something that was brought up in this episode, like directly. <laughs> and York was like, yeah. he was like shot <laughs> down because I it's nice that we have to like we get to understand that these uh the women in this prison are like, no, no, we're you know, we're terrible too. It's okay. And yeah. uh, you know, that sets up a lot of things. Uh you, you know, one I, I I also like the point that um she made that the guards forgot that we were human. Um Again, that conversation we've had on a previous podcast, uh, uh, and it's setting things up so well for this final confrontation. Like we're we're under mm-hmm. we, we come to understand in that conversation that these women are going to be like tough cookies to deal with. That these Amazons are going to come in, think think thinking that they have you know uh, thinking that they have the upper hand. And mm-hmm. holy shit, like this is going to this. They're really building towards this final episode uh, very mm-hmm. nicely, yeah. And all these sort of and, and you know the sexual tension building of these relationships, 
all feeding into where I think we're going to be going. It's it's really nicely crafted storytelling yeah. we're experiencing. I, yeah. I really love that you brought that up. Yeah, you know that particular line. The guards forgot that we were human because yeah. that line actually really hit me in with in the face with what I think is one of the big themes of the show. Sure, and that mm-hmm. is about people being programmed by their circumstances about mm-hmm. you know i mean we see that writ obviously in the case of the daughters of the amazon you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying those people are being you know radicalized um but you also see it with that story um we are watching it happen in 355's backstory mm-hmm. you know we are seeing her become programmed and we are kind of seeing it happen to KCC. We're seeing her transformation into something other than what she was before, yeah. you know? And it made me realize that this is what society has done to women in such a very real way. Like society has, you know, the, this patriarchy has programmed women to participate in their own marginalization and to participate in their own oppression and to participate in like and mm-hmm. Eli straight up made that point with us when she was on the show I mean she mm-hmm. said um hold on she said um women will do it to women black people will do it to black people you know just you know it's just we are programmed to participate in our own chains you know to help forge our own chains and i Mm -hmm. see that i I feel like i can see that running through the thread of the whole show now and i'm probably only seeing it because she said it but you know it's like this this episode really hit me over the head with it yeah and i really loved too how um you know it it started as a discussion point here in the in the marisville you know, I lovingly call it the Pinterest compound because of just how cozy it is. But, you know, I realized that that's not exactly what they were going for. Um, um, you know, where, she, where they do have that conversation and she talks about, you know, she has so many incredible lines where she said, you're not the first man to explain prison to me. And to, you know, we have done, no, we've done fucked up shit. Um, and then, which we'll transition to in a minute when we get into this sort of, you know, the, the daughters of the Amazon really kind of kicking it up a notch. Um, how kind of refreshing it is to see terrible women, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. typically women are, you know, they're not depicted this way. They're well, not depicted we as- tend to, We tend to, put victims on a pedestal exactly and i loved that specifically in this episode i mean the the show's been doing it this entire time like we've been able to see women being totally nasty and totally patriarchal and totally you know oppressive to those around them um but there was such a fine point on it in this episode that i appreciated so much and again we'll get more into that once we transition into um (laughs) chatting about the daughters of the Amazon. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you guys are ready, we can, we can go there now. I know there wasn't Let's a ton I... given to the Y team story this episode. So yeah, we got a, we got a taste of joy. I mean, like we the 350, a... I loved the 355 stuff. Like I loved the, yeah. 
all of the kind of like deprogramming she's experiencing right now. I really, I, I dig it a lot, but anyway, um, I do as well. I, do as I well. am. We can, we can go on. She deserves it. Oh, and well, I do, <laughs> I do just need to call out that I think my favorite line in this, this episode was yeah. the, oh my God, your hands are filthy. Well, it, it is the apocalypse. It is the apocalypse. <laughs> it's the apocalypse. That just. Yeah. That whole exchange between, uh, Y and Sonia. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, yes. yeah, that whole scene <laughs> adored it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting in a really comfortable place with Yorick now. I really do love like, you know, seeing him, even when he was mansplaining prison, right? Like mm. it, or prison splaining prison or convict splaining. I don't know what that is, but even when he was doing that, I I'm feeling more and more that he is understanding more and more that he, yeah. he has a lot to listen to. And yeah. I, it just, and, but I also just really love his, the, his consistently wanting to make everybody better. He, he, he's consistently the one thing that he, his motivation that is consistent with him is wanting to make everything around him. Okay. And I get that sometimes that is not what everybody around you needs or wants, but Mm -hmm. it's also just an an admirable quality about someone. Um, Mm-hmm. he just needs to grow up with it but yeah anyway yeah yeah it's like it's it's naive right now and hopefully we get to see it become a little more that really nice sort of childlike desire to make everything okay you know hope maybe we'll get to see him grow in grow into that mm-hmm. which would be super awesome yeah mm-hmm. um speaking of growing into other things the daughters of a more Jeff Bezos style Amazon <laughs> than the actual Amazon. Mm-hmm. Well, they uh, these totally. <laughs> uh, the warriors are on foot and horseback now that Castle Price Max has fallen. <laughs> they are no longer a secluded cult, but they are now a violent gang. Um, and we see this as they threaten, loot, and destroy this nearby camp of women that are keeping um, the memories of the men in their life alive. Um, I had a lot of mixed feelings about how this all went down. You know, here are these ladies over here bothering anybody, doing their own thing, trying to find their own way. And then here comes Roxanne, uh, full tilt booty, and not just coming to take food, not just coming to get tents and find things to barter. They're destroying their shit. Uh, So how do we feel about Roxanne's plan to kill all men because, quote, men ruined her life? Or Nora's revelation about how scared she is and how angry she is. Heroes kind of sobering up from the haze of the cult in this experience. There's a lot going on here. Can I just say... Nora's kind of moment talking about her anger, like really, I really loved that so much because actually um, not on this particular podcast, but on another popsicle podcast, I had mentioned like the quiet rage that all women carry around (laughs) and 
it was nice to see that given some air in Nora's mm -hmm. moment here, that it's not just, just the aftermath of this that's made her angry. It is, she came into it angry. She never really um, called it that because she didn't mm -hmm. feel free to probably leading to quiet anger <laughs> that she couldn't yeah. even call it anger. Yeah. I just find it. I, I, I'm, I, as, as I've said before, I'm very grateful for this show's existence for the conversations that it can start um, while also being very dramatically entertaining <laughs> <laughs> and everything that was going on with the Amazons in this episode. Oh man, it was delivering on all fronts, like what everybody was going through, like what totally. Rex, like Roxanne's whole thing, Nora's whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, Roxanne, as far as like, oh, I have this mission because men ruined my life of like hunting down any remaining men and killing them. Um, it just feels like it feels like she's, you know, becoming the character she created in order to keep yeah. these women with her. Because um, again, from the last episode, I'm not getting the sense that it's like, I don't know. I mean, she was, she was obviously dealing with her own quiet rage before the apocalypse happened too. It's just, it's everywhere. All that's left mm -hmm. is, is like, we're turning the quiet rage into very loud rage mm -hmm. and it's going to take a minute to kind of even out. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm just happy to see it being dealt with being acknowledged. So, yeah. Yeah. well, and in yeah. that, in that whole conversation with Nora, where she's talking about her rage, she ties it into the title of the show peppers, which I'm sure all of us, before we saw the episode, we we're like, what on earth do peppers have to do with this episode, but you know, as you're walking yeah. in, as you're going in and you were seeing this little community of women who are grieving the loss of their men. And, and we're hearing that audio museum experience that was going on, yeah. which at first I'm like, what the F is going on right now? Is like, yeah. she's hallucinating. Is she, what's going on? Um, right. But you hear, you hear that for the first time as heroes walking through, and you hear mm. this man who's leaving a voicemail for his wife. Hey, you sent me to the store and you put peppers on the list, but are, should they be green or should they be red? And it, <laughs> it, it is a very specific call out. Mm. And Nora mentions it later again. Mm -hmm. She says mm -hmm. the same thing. And, and it is a very specific call out to a very specific part of like equality in the home and yeah. equality in relationships that women experience. Um, overwhelmingly that, you know, even when we have partners who are willing to, you know, who, who do chores and help, you know, do all of this other stuff, usually a large percentage of the time, it's still left up to women to be the mental organizers, the mental mm -hmm. project managers and the, yeah. the degree of stress and, and, um, and we see that, you know, that calls us back to KCC's moment in the first episode where she's getting the yeah. spanks on and trying to get her kids together and, and asking her husband to do, you know, to do things. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure he does help. Like he, he very much like rang is that like, oh, I'm just married to this woman for the status that it brings me. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm Mr. Mom or whatever, but it is clear that she is the one who directs 
the ship. Um, And that degree of stress with no acknowledgement is Mm -hmm. enraging. Totally. Mm -hmm. Especially when it is as it, as it is so often. And and the way that Nora describes it, um, it seems that it was very much that way for her as well, is that it is also um, an expectation. You know, it's an expectation of you to do this. And then it's also not appreciated, (laughs) you know? And that's why when she's, and she acknowledges it, she's like, I realize that this is not something that should make me enraged. Like, but also there's so much more than just these peppers that we're talking about. Um, So I totally hear that. Uh, Phil, Dustin, give us your thoughts. The whole (laughs) The whole Peppers thing, like, digs so deeply at the core of, like, of conflicts between my wife and I that it's it's kind of hilarious. Because I have, I have a philosophy. I can either ask you about what kind of peppers you want, or you cannot get mad at me for picking the peppers that I wanted. Yeah. But you can't have it both ways. You can't refuse <laughs> to answer the question you can't refuse to answer the question and get mad at me for picking a certain type of pepper. You know what I mean? That's, that's all I ask. You pick one, you pick, you pick your style. I'm down yep. for it. Do you know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm cool picking your pepper. I'm cool picking my pepper, but you can't expect me talking about peppers. I know. You can't, you can't expect me to intuit which pepper you and want. That is fair. Yeah, that's very yeah. fair. That's a very exactly. fair rule, Justin. But, but we ask, <laughs> but we ask that that for an equal amount of the time, you think of the pepper all on your own. That's the crux of the, yes. the situation, right? Like it's not up to one partner or the other to be the pepper picker. Picker. <laughs> I I suppose that's true. Yeah. I, I I suppose I agree with that. Yeah, uh, that's uh, the correct. If, if 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 we're taking the pepper in the it, using it as a metaphor for broader yes. things, yes, yes, yes. Totally. Yeah. let's do that. Totally. Let's do if that. you want a pepper, you should tell me you want a goddamn pepper. Totally. Um, I mean, yeah. because because I always say to my wife before I leave to go shopping, because I do ninety nine percent of the grocery shopping, I say, if you want anything specific, text me. Mm-hmm. But I basically figure out what we're gonna get. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I should be able to, you know, mm-hmm. see that there are certain things that need to be done or acquired or whatever. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But I just cling firmly to the if you <laughs> if you're happy with me doing making decisions, don't be upset mm-hmm. with the decisions I make. Exactly. Yes. And um, Kelly I Sue think says that happens it all the time. far more often than you would think Ooh. that people do get mad at the decisions that get made. Yeah. What do I say all the oh, time? One of my favorite Kelly Sueisms is don't ask me to do your shit if you don't like the way I do it. <laughs> right. It's one of my favorite Kelly Sueisms. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's totally true. <laughs> that and is I think also that, something of a Justinism. Yes. Yes. I think that. Uh, that it's it's borrowed, I will say, from of course um, the stunning example of male white privilege that is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> when Cameron is like, "Don't ask me to participate in your stupid shit if you don't like the way I do it." <laughs> 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 and 
And I took that and I was like, you know what? I feel him right now. <laughs> so Ferris Bueller aside, um, I think what's interesting, and this goes back to the underlying rage that women have, that so often, um, and Nora and Roxanne are such perfect juxtapositions for this, because I think that, that it, and I'll speak for myself, being that I am a woman, um, there has never been, for me, a safe place to just have anger or a safe way to present anger if when it's not weaponized against me or it's tried to be fixed or I'm told I'm not allowed to have it, et cetera, et cetera. So what we unconsciously do then as women, especially in our intimate partnerships, is we unconsciously create experiences where we are allowed to be mad. Yeah. This is like mm. the test, right? I'm gonna send him to the grocery store with a grocery list. And unconsciously, again, it's not malicious. He's gonna bring something back that's not gonna be right. I have an opportunity to let off some of this anger that has nothing to do with him at all, right? <laughs> Like when we can become aware of it, we can actually kind of play with it a little bit. Or there's Roxanne where it's like, I'm just a rage filled machine. Fuck you. You're dead. You know, um, there is, there's a middle of course, but it was just really <laughs> two amazing sides of the spectrum for me to witness, especially in that, in their conversation that they had. Um, and I really loved that. Well, I know I passed it over to you and Justin, and then I started talking. No, again, that's so. okay. Yeah. Like I, this Tell is us all... about your peppers. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> this is all just even listening to all of this is just really um, good, honestly. Because uh, there, there was one thing that Nora said. She said, because I, I feel like men and women experience anger very differently. Um, and so that's mm. why, that's why mm -hmm. listening to this is very educational for me like Nora says it was that anger that kept their relationship together that that yeah. gave her some sort of engine to keep the and I was like what <laughs> like yeah. it, I like it made me I had to sit back and, and it, it sort of well I was I was walking while I was watching it last night um but I, I was like uh I had to stop and I've been just been it's been rolling around through my head and, and hmm. I just thought it was a very interesting uh way to put it um because that's a very i i don't think I, I guess there are instances in my life where anger does is an engine you know hey hey fuck trump i'm angry we're gonna go march you know where anger can kind mm -hmm. of drive something like that you know to, to help but I, I feel like even this is different than that like and i don't mm. i don't i still don't quite understand i don't quite understand it like I, i'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that's good that's a lot to dive into because we're you know mm. um, um i think it was true maybe you can understand yeah. it easier as well philip by by realizing that that's mm. obviously what fueled her relationship at work as well sure. like mm -hmm. her working for the president um was just clearly fueled by by rage and i think mm -hmm. it'll continue to be that way with roxanne i don't see how that relationship that work relationship is going to be any different for her mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. she's building a, the same similar experience out of her previous, um, knowledge and, and what she, you know, learned to do before and, and carrying it right through, which is fascinating to me to, to know 
Yes, we as human beings, we are complex enough to be able to create the same kind of relationships, whether sure. they're male, female, 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 male, male, like mm-hmm. we can, we can create all of the same dysfunctionality and yeah. enraging. Uh-huh. I, I guess, I guess I wonder at, you know, cause we're talking about peppers as a larger metaphor, like how, mm-hmm. like this sort of anger scene, is it very specific to Nora's experience or is this like anger driving a relationship to keep it together, something that women experience in general is that uh, to different yeah. varying, varying degrees. I like think so. I think I think that for uh, and again, I'll mm-hmm. I'll only speak for myself, but um, I mean, anger at men mm-hmm. is a pretty universal experience for all women. Sure. Um, and it's going to be brought up in any relationship that you have with a man, even if it's not about him, even if it doesn't come from him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you can tap into that sort of energy source, there is a part of you that's like, I want to solve this. Okay. You know, like I want to get to the bottom of this mm-hmm. because underneath the anger ultimately is grief. Right. So, I want to get to that with you. Yeah. And that can keep a relationship going forever. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of relationships in my life that are, you know, 25, 30 years in. And a majority of the time they're pissed at each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Kelly C, you put it really well as far as like it's the solving of it that mm-hmm. it because it's like, and again, I'll yeah. I'll speak for myself, but when I have like when I have like strong emotions like that, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. I want to get to the bottom of it. I want to find out what the root is. Yeah. Um, and I want to know like, what's, what's the trigger? Why is this my reaction? That's and, totally. yeah. yeah. So I think that there's like a puzzle element to it that it's sure. like compelling. And also, I think too, as women, as I get emotional on my own over here, <laughs> um, <laughs> when you have that anger and you have all of that emotion that gets triggered in partnership, I find oftentimes we'll continue to bring it forth and bring it forth because we just want to be witnessed in that. Mm. Just see it. Let me have it and just see it. Mm -hmm. Don't fix it. Don't tell me I'm wrong. It's a tall order. You know, to bring forth all of your, you know, years of rage to someone and say, just hold it for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, you told that what Lisa said, just totally kind of sandbagged it where it's like, help, I want to get to the bottom of this and I want to do it with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so telling. Um, My, my first wife, uh while we were together her brother died Mm. in a boating accident Mm. and um you know we we went through some troubles Mm. and you know she was really good at telling me you know that i didn't have to fix things that just to to learn to listen and hold and at one point we you know we went to to couples therapy Mm -hmm. and the therapist like was like you have to understand that you are pissed at him for not mm-hmm. solving your brother's death yeah 
and mm-hmm. like it's really it's 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 telling whenever i hear you know mm-hmm. that you know we have to you know that there's a desire for us to hold something and not mm-hmm. solve it or explain mm-hmm. it or whatever you know <clears throat> and yet i'm constantly re- i i never forget that i was if i don't solve things i will also still be seen as a failure you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't want you to solve this but if you don't you suck do you know what i mean and it's like oh yeah hmm. <laughs> i'm gonna be gay now you know <laughs> like you know yeah. you know it's tough. yeah it's tough it is such a and again, we've said it a hundred times, Lisa said it in this episode, this show is so important for creating these types of conversations. Mm. Um, and we're going to have more of that conversation. But right now we have to go to a quick break where we're going to hear about some awesome things from some awesome people. We'll catch you back here in just a minute. And we're back talking about so many incredible things. We love Why the Last Man because we get to really go into the deep end with so many, just so many themes, so many important talking points. Um, And there's even more, we've saved the best for last as we finally move to what is going on with our friends in DC. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we hit the ground running in this episode and like hauling ass with the DC storyline. So, um, I mean, it just went to shit so spectacularly. <laughs> so much wow. to unpack here. Let's just let's jump in. Who wants to start? Remember how I was talking about how the price max felt really dangerous to me, and in comparison, <laughs> the place it should feel really dangerous. DC was not mm-hmm. feeling that dangerous. Yeah, I'm not saying that today. Well, well I would that's... say th- it was very much the opposite. Like yeah. the daughters of the Amazon felt like the daughters of the Amazon light because they didn't really do any violence against people. They just came in and smashed some shit up, you know. Right. But, I know the corn puffs, you know, pops, corn, whatever they were. <laughs> yeah. So it was stabbing yeah. boxes of cereal. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. But in DC, people Oof. are getting headshots. You know what I mean, and yeah, I think we I think we all felt it uh, that that was coming. Like I want to start at the beginning with KCC though, because boys, if a woman is sitting very very quietly after serious shit has gone down, filing her nails, (laughs) and she is not reacting to what you're bringing to her because in that moment you know regina regina is kind of the male yeah um energy she's the masculine yeah in that just know just know serious things are a brewing brewing. yeah the metamorphosis there is you should know that that's happening and boy did she amber tamblin oh my god God in this episode. Yeah, for your consideration, ladies and gentlemen. For your yeah. If there's not an Emmy around, just and then the and the the directing of bringing 
every single scene inside the war room place where the confrontation is going down, bringing that right up into people's faces. Diane Lane, oh. Amber Tamblin, just full face shots Ooh, of just- me chills right now. <sighs> yeah. Gorgeous. The, when, when things finally, like when the, the last domino drops mm. and, and Diane Lane admits to the room what she does, the, the transition on Amber Tamblin's face was flawless. It oh my was God. stunning. I have um, never seen, I, I can't remember ever seeing a depiction of like insane rage. You know, even as, even, it, you know, with a triumphant moment though, but like that, I mean, that crazy evil smile that she gives at that moment was chilling. It was, I was like, holy shit, oh <laughs> you know? But it felt um, all, the, all the more like riveting because we'd have yeah. that whole discussion slash argument slash fisticuffs between Phil and mm -hmm. Justin about yeah. the responsibilities of what happened to Marla, you know, earlier. Mm -hmm. And here we see Amber, yeah, absolutely wielding it as a weapon, as a sword. It was just. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, just her vocal work in that scene in the war room, especially at sort of her crescendo, which is her being like, my sons are dead. Mm -hmm. That's FYC, hashtag FYC, Amber <laughs> Tamblyn, best actress, bam. Yeah. Um, wow, just mm -hmm. remarkable. Bill, uh, thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, it, it, it occurred to me that I, if there was one person I'd wanna be around at this point in time to survive the apocalypse, it would, KCC would be the one. Like I- Apparently. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, she like full, like, you know. <laughs> 355s over there crashing trucks like and falling asleep uh yeah you know, and but kcc is like got her like she's an emotional wreck but she's got her shit together she's like a, oh yeah she's a fighter she won't go down without fighting like no matter what um and totally. it was just in a talk about embracing a part of yourself that maybe you've kept under wraps for so long you know um that explosion and it and it i i don't at this point, I don't see her. I don't, it's hard for me to see anybody in this situation right now, other than Regina Regina or maybe the insurrectionists because uh, as bad guys, like I, yeah. I feel KCC and Jennifer are on, you know, they both got great points. They both, I feel like have made mistakes and have not made mistakes and have been right and wrong about things. Mm -hmm. But ultimately like, it's hard for me to see a bad guy right now, if that makes sense. It's hard for me sure. to see either one of them as a villain. Um, mm -hmm. And that may change and shift because who knows where the fuck it's going to go at this point. Because um, mm -hmm. I see chaos as the villain here. Mm -hmm. I see chaos as the bad guy, kind of. Like, that's like, who knows who was shooting at who? Who knows who was killing who in those final mm -hmm. moments? It was fear and chaos. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, to get, they had no idea an insurrection was going to happen at our capital a year ago when they were writing this because i'm sure mm -hmm. they had this planned out before that but how mm -hmm. topical you know that having a trump-like character in the midst of something like this um wanting to mm -hmm. gain control and 
Well, as I was saying, I think we all saw Regina's death coming at, at least, if nothing else, like a few scenes beforehand. When she like, oh, yeah. when Jennifer Brown stepped up and was like, I'm the president, I got this to protect. And you could tell she was doing it to protect everybody. And Regina yeah. Regina is like, power play. Time for a power mm -hmm. play. Like, sit the fuck down. Like, yeah, you know, like that was not the time. How stupid are you? Like, yeah, yes, now you're just, like, yeah, and now yeah. you're just being, you're just being reckless. Yeah, exactly. In this, and, because it's like, and it's like, I can understand. I, I sure. think it's still consistent with her character. Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah. oh, totally. Because it's like, she's in this moment where it's like, haha, it's happening. I'm seizing yeah. control. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like, her, her thunder gets stolen. <laughs> yeah quite oh, literally yeah. well, and, and, and very she's like and so she's like no no i'm taking it back yeah so this is sure. about me this is still about me right mm -hmm. yeah i was and gonna so say it's still that very like narcissistic male-ish energy yeah. of the these people these insurrectionists are here for me like if yeah. i am just big and strong and take control in this moment they're gonna support me because i'm me and yeah. being big and strong is you know and Everybody that is not that. what happened. No. <laughs> she, she was such a Trump proxy in that moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And she was she All was way. Trump without being quite so cartoonish, which right. is the really totally. crazy thing. Yeah, yeah. like you I actually think she's semi-intelligent, right? Like I, yeah, I right? actually think yeah. she Absolutely. has the capability of putting two thoughts together in a cohesive fashion. But her death scene. The overhead shot oh, of her body on the floor. Twitching. Twitching. Yeah. Brutal. And then they go away in the shot and you're like, okay, we're done with Regina Regina. But no, we come back we'll come to back another. To and she's still flipping twitching. Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Really was. Agreed. Oh, Agreed. Still gorgeous. twitching. Shout yeah. out Jennifer Wigmore. It's Jennifer, right? Oh, yeah. Jennifer, Jennifer Wigmore. Great work. Your Great physical work. work in this episode was bananas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, right. but also FYC, shout out to Cheryl Yeah. Shout out to Cheryl. Oh, yeah. Cheryl. The, those decisions to, to cut away yeah. from that and to cut back to that, that was some potent like, shit. Well, yeah. because we lived Everybody. in a, yeah, we lived in a violent yeah. moment where, where that whole scene was impulsive shot to the head. I've killed this person. Then I freak out and have a panic attack about it and throw up because I just, uh -huh. and then I had to get my shit back together. And there's the reactions of everybody else in the room. It was a true violent moment. It was not yeah. a Hollywood version of a violent moment. It was no. everybody affected. Things are chaos again philip it was there was that degree of chaos to it like you don't know if 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 the people who are in power are even going to keep their shit together after it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was yeah it's really well done a triumph yeah i actually feel wow. like the throwing up that in that moment i was like oh, okay because that is sort of hollywood shortland for i just did something horrible do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but and how many times do you see that when when it's a person shooting someone in that kind of like scenario? It's not. You it, can it's say not it. How many frequent. times do you see it in Fast and the Furious? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. I, like you know, <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a super well done. I'm, I'm not criticizing the the scene. You know, mm -hmm. like the fact that a TV show takes Hollywood tropes and uses them really, really well. Is fine for mm -hmm. me. I'm not. I'm not at all criticizing. I'm simply saying, 
Um, I mean, I've never been in a situation where somebody got shot where I, somebody got shot in the head by a first timer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> like that has become very tropey. Right. But know? it's yeah. but it's not tropey for the person who did the shooting in this scene. She's the mm. person in charge of the group. She's the one, you know, directing the action and leading the 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 cause, right? They don't mm. they give that tropey moment to the the person like Beth who she's clearly trying to like bring up in the movement and and yeah. you know what I mean? Like Roxanne yeah. wouldn't have that moment. Nora would have that moment. So to mm. give it to the leader of this group, the person that we've been seeing up until now is being like, got their shit together and I can blow shit up. I can blow people totally. up, right? It's I think that's significant. I, mm. I, I see it so differently. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because, because this woman leading that group to me is clearly a poser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. like Roxanne is clearly a poser you know mm-hmm. um but i mean that's neither here nor there that's just what we saw you know yeah sure. yeah um, it was powerful yeah, we... regardless yeah mm-hmm. are you kidding Woo. Oh, yeah 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 Con- it was complex yeah, in a way that and, usually that isn't well yeah i was just gonna I, again one. i mean i probably shouldn't say this but say the it. whole regina as a trump proxy thing and having her get you know catching one in the head like that mm-hmm. That was somewhat satisfying for me. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. somewhat. I was kind of like, mm, yeah. let's let's back that up. Let's do a little quick fifteen second back up and watch that mm-hmm. again. Yeah. You know. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was also if that also had to do with the choice of like let's linger on her twitching body, so we can <laughs> yeah. really bathe in the moment. <laughs> and, you know, and revel in it. <laughs> yeah. Know? Exactly. Let's in no that. way endorse violence against um no, absolutely but so, I, well, I did want to oh no. like as we progress from that moment of chaos to the final um moment when christine mm-hmm. and um kcc make their uh, escape uh, holy shit dude holy shit Yo. KCC just coming in with like stab, stab, stab. Stabby, stab, mm-hmm. stab. stab. Yeah. Because this person that felt good. Stab, and what stab, this stab. person represents as far mm-hmm. as them having a baby inside of them, mm-hmm. this is this is my survival now. This represents totally. my survival and I will protect it to the ends of the earth. And I was like, like, was it you yep. who were saying, Phil? Like, yeah, I'll yeah. I'll ride or die with KCC now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if I was going to be around anybody yeah. who wanted to be to protect me, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, KCC is sitting here being like, "Who needs tactical training? Not me." <laughs> yeah, I don't. And I loved the foreshadowing moment at the beginning when we mm-hmm. first see her filing her nails, mm-hmm. and she uses her bare foot to slide a shard of glass close mm-hmm. to her. And it was right in that moment that I was like, KCC is going to fuck some shit up. Mm. Yeah. I don't know how she's going to do it, but it's coming. (laughs) Can can I ask a technical question here? Are we intended to believe that she retained that piece of glass? Because when she stabbed the, you know, person, my husband watching this with me is like, where did she get a weapon? Where, where did that come from? And then I thought, well, did she like just pocket that piece of glass and have it with her the whole time? Like, where did she get the stabby no, implement? It, lo- it looked like the stabby implement had a handle. Was it the yeah. file? Was it the nail file? 
It oh, maybe been. it was the nail file. It, I think it was bigger. I'd have, than have the to go nail. back and look. Thicker? I'd have yeah. to go back and look. It looked a little thick to be the nail file. I mean, it, yeah. I'll say this because I don't know where she got it from, mm. but I didn't care. Like well, that's yeah. that's a detail that. Yeah. Could she have gotten a weapon? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's all I need. You Even know like I mean? five yeah. feet away. In all like, of yeah. that chaos, especially if it was like, so they're planning this like coup. Yeah. With the general, I mean, it stands to reason maybe one of the soldiers passed or something in case things got crazy. You know, like yeah, there are a million there are a million paths to. But I love I do love the idea of her taking a weapon with her mm -hmm. into the situation with. This, because at that point, I'm not sure I would have known who KCC. I think at that point, if just things had not gone well, either on Regina Regina's part or or Jennifer's part, I I'm not sure who she would have killed. <laughs> like mm -hmm. if she was really plotting violence in that moment. I, that could yeah. have been raw. Anyway, completely. Um, a couple. Oh, it's time. Bye. Time to transition away from our conversation about. I don't know how you see. KCC. I mean, this is an episode, and again, a show that we can continue talking about for so long. I'll we say it a thousand times. Beth. That's the only thing we never talk about. Never yeah, talk about Beth. Beth. Can we just Flip take a minute to talk about Beth? All right, let's yeah. take a minute. Yeah, Five minutes. So, One minute. yeah, amazing fine. arc for Beth. Mm -hmm. The way that Jennifer Brown realizes and recognizes um, is all of that was huge. So let's go. What do you got about Beth? This represents my first rotating inch towards like away from thinking Beth's the worst <laughs> for <it>. me. <laughs> right. Um, Cause I liked how she, I, I did appreciate how she, she was still like, she was taking care of herself and what, mm. Like I could, I could see that. And it wasn't that she was just blindly following along and blindly kind of being like, well, I'm doing this now. It yeah. was, I liked her struggle. I liked seeing her struggle with everything. And so this was my first little bit of like, okay. I, yeah. I just wish I knew, I don't know what the insurrectionists were after exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I, I guess I can, handle it as, as simply an expression of their rage you mm. know um but then i don't get why beth is with them i don't mm -hmm. get yeah like, i think we... I, I need i need the beth episode now you know right what I mean? exactly mm -hmm. and i think I that, that i think that like i think that will happen probably somewhere in season two or so that we'll get yeah. like why like yeah. what's driving yeah. Beth because it's like it this I'll say this as as well this was the first episode where I I was I became interested in understanding what was driving Beth yes what was, um, what was Beth's yeah. day job in the beginning what I am trying to teach her she's a teacher right she's a teacher. She was a teacher and she yeah. was going to Australia for what reason to just teach or to do a program of something or I, I can't so, remember so, I, I feel like I need to education remember. maybe but I don't know yeah with her I'm just going back to her. I'm going back to her um, not wanting York to join her, and that was all played off in that episode around. Yeah. Well, you know, I want relationship freedom. 
but I'm wondering now if they're, they aren't going to try to create some sort of like deeper, like she was really going to Australia for different reasons, like, mm. because her transition into connection with this group is so sudden. I, it, right. it does seem like there needs to be more of a, a background there. Completely. And then lastly, I I'll totally say agree. as to Justin, like, as far as like what they wanted, I mean, they had said in the beginning that it was basically like, they want to burn it all down, which is, mm-hmm. I, I didn't need more than that in this moment of this episode. I didn't need more of an explanation than we just want to burn it all down because yeah, that's kind of been where I have been living for the last several years. I'm no, like, can we just burn uh, it all yeah. down like mm-hmm. to the ground and start over, please? No, I we agree. obviously fucked this up. I didn't need that for the insurrectionists. I needed that yeah. in the context of Beth. Uh, yeah. So I could understand why Beth was doing like I I, right. I, I find myself. Like I said, I need the Beth episode, you know? And, yeah. I think well, that will... and I think at a minimum, you know, Jennifer is going to need that, is going to get that from her, right? Oh, like sure. that's, those are going to be her first yeah. questions as well. So yeah. like, what yeah. the, yeah. Agreed. Before we move on, Phil, do you have anything you want to offer to the discussion of Beth? About Beth? No, it's that last moment between the two of them where Jennifer Brown puts on the the jacket with the hood. I'm like, go kick some ass, Jennifer Brown. I was <laughs> yeah, back, I was back on her side again by the end of it. I was like, go kick some ass. Yeah. Get it, Jay um, Brown. Yeah. Awesome. I was very, all, very pleased to see Diane <laughs> Lane not twitching on a floor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Not totally. Um, all right. We will then go to my hot takes for this episode. First one we've discussed KCC smile in the war room after Jennifer Brown is ousted was delicious with her smeared mascara oh. and all of it. Amazing. Um, two, the continued how the tables have turned experience at the prison with an inmate suggesting that they could, quote, make a lot of money prostituting Yorick. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Um, we've also talked about this one. Nora's admission, I'm angry and I would have died without it, um, gives new meaning to the belief that your anger is a part of you that loves you. And hot take number four, I gasped so loud when Regina was shot that I actually woke up my sleeping <laughs> child through his white noise machine. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. Damn. Appropriate. Yeah. Appropriate. <laughs> All right. Here we go. That episode was Phil. Beautiful chaos. Dustin, that episode was full it was full i i mean we didn't get any we we barely got any why you know yorick anything yeah and like it was just so chock full of goodness Mm. it was full agreed lisa that episode was gasp (laughs) i love it claire that episode was Fiery, mm-hmm. peppery, fiery, mm-hmm. yes, hot tamale, mm-hmm. spicy, spice, explosive. Um, that that okay. episode was cathartic. Yeah, mm-hmm. for Good sure. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. So something we do across all of our podcasts. We are becoming quite prolific, by the way. If you're listening to this, you really should go listen to our other stuff too. Uh, we always do a recommendation. So 
For this episode, Claire is going to recommend another awesome thing that you might like if you like the awesome thing that we're talking about. Yes, absolutely. While we um, have talked enough at this point, if you've been listening to this series, um, to know that I love the apocalypse. I have watched, read, listened to, you know, um, danced in the apocalypse uh, for many a decade now. And I love um, books about the apocalypse, probably more than anything else. Uh, things like The Stand, Stephen King's The Stand, when they came out with the unabridged version of that, that was 14 billion thousand pages long. It was just one of the the highlights of my life. Um, but um, when you love the apocalypse, you also need to love zombies because you can't, you just really can't love apoc- the apocalypse unless you love zombies. Um, and my favorite post-apocalyptic book is a zombie apocalypse book, um, which so many of them out there, very wonderful and entertaining, are very much the, you know, dude gets a machine gun and a chainsaw and carves him up some undead. And those are fine and entertaining. My favorite book though, um, possibly of all time of just any apocalypse is a zombie apocalypse book called The Reapers Are the Angels by a gentleman named Alden Bell which is a pseudonym. Um, he's, he writes other forms of, uh, of literature, I believe, that are not zombie-related or apocalypse-related, but just happen to write this book. It is, it is a book about a young girl who lives in a post-apocalypse zombie you know, world. It's all she's ever known. It's not a, you know, like I had, she, she's never had any experience pre-apocalypse. Mm. Um, and she's, on her own, it is very much a like road trip kind of odyssey kind of you know story where she goes from place to place and encounters, discovers and encounters things. The the thing about this book is that the prose of this book mm-hmm. is stunning. Like this is the only time I've been like, oh, I want to be in this po- post-apocalyptic nightmare with zombies because the world is beautiful and and you live in her her narrative of what's happening and her voice is so strongly um, mm. felt in this book. It is, and the audiobook, the, the narrator of the audiobook, I think is the best um, experience of it because she absolutely gets the voice of this, this girl. Um, she's a 15 year old girl and she's wow. a badass, Amazing. but also very complicated and traumatic. And just a really good book. Even if you don't like zombie apocalypse stuff, I would recommend it because I think you'll love this book anyway. At least well, also yeah, what a me. title. I don't like zombies or apocalypses. You know how I feel about this stuff. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that does sound like a very lovely book. Yeah. Um, considering it has, it's a zombie apocalypse book. Yeah. And it's traumatic. I'm not going to say that it isn't. It has everything mm-hmm. from Texas Chainsaw Massacre to like, just like, there's a lot in this book, sure. but oh, it's gorgeous. It's just amazing. Love it. Well, finish up watching Why, everyone, and then go watch Brother Bear, and then dive into uh, The Angels Are the Reapers. little palate cleanser there in between. Mm-hmm. Um, also a throwback <laughs> to something that happened in another podcast. <laughs> and that's where we end it. <laughs> it has Yay. been delightful discussing this incredible show, as always. We look so forward to season two and we know it will happen because why lives on. 
if you liked this conversation, be sure to like and subscribe to Popsicle on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or wherever you collect podcasts. Tune in next Friday for another That Episode Was discussion of the final episode of the first season entitled Victoria. And listen to our recent interview with showrunner Eliza Clark and actors Amber Tamblin and Ashley Romans. It was awesome. Um, we are also still releasing new episodes of Murder Husbands, our deep dive appreciation of Brian Fuller's Hannibal every Tuesday. Follow at ObstaclePod on all social medias. Um, which are in the description of the podcast and visit our website, popsiclepod.com for all the latest news and announcements of PopsiclePod, P-O-P, S-K-L, P-O-D. We'll see you next week. This has been a Popsicle Podcast production. Hi, everyone. This is Ashley Romans. I play Agent 355, and you're listening to That Episode Was. Yeah, awesome. nailed Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you did better than Amber. Don't tell her I said that. That was such a man thing to say. Pot, as always. I loved it. It's true. Just turning us against yep, each other. Yep. That's good. Yeah. <laughs>